Welcome to Painting Pictures. I'm Gabriel Roberts, and I'm coming to you from Jackson, Wyoming, a.k.a. Jackson Hole. I still don't understand what the difference is. Well, I know the town is called Jackson. I don't know why it's called Jackson Hole. And again, these are the sort of things that I could research ahead of time, and then I could tell you about it. But I'd rather for you to just think about that. You've got Jackson town Jackson, Wyoming, and then you've got Jackson Hole. <laughs> are you in Jackson Hole, or are you in Jackson? And then you also, all the fancy restaurants, just to add a little layer, all the fancy restaurants and lodges say something lodge at Jackson Hole. Um, so anyway, it's just a little something something, I guess. They're like, well, Jackson's a good town, but how can we spice it up a little bit? Let's add the word hole. <laughs> Jackson Hole. Anyhow, um, I could, honestly, I could leave this town, uh, but I'm going to go patronize a coffee shop and, and put together this podcast and produce it and pump it out there for you people to put in your earbuds and piss into. Listen to. Do not piss into your earbuds. That is not a good way to start because then they'll be soggy. Um, there's a lot of good reasons not to do that. I'm camping up on the hill outside of town, uh, probably a 25-minute drive on a bumpy dirt road in a solitary campsite. Free! It's free. And I want to talk to you about camping. Camping at a campground with neighbors is really not camping. And that's been pretty much my entire experience with camping. And now that I've come to Colorado and I've experienced the joy of camping Anywhere you like off a dirt road in an open national forest. Oh, lordy, lordy, lordy. I have seen the light. I have seen the light and I pity the poor folks in California that make reservations for Lake Tahoe campgrounds six to nine months in advance and go out there and are surrounded by people. Why, why even bother? Why even bother? You're better off... Wow, this asshole is just totally tailgating this cyclist. And the cyclist is refusing to get over. This is hilarious. Anyhow, it sucks camping with neighbors. You don't get that feeling of separation, of being out in wilderness. And I've had, I left uh, Paonia on Wednesday, and I didn't know where I was camping, but I knew the general direction I was heading. I chose a road, I took it north. And uh, once I got up into the hills, I took the first promising dirt road off to the left, followed it a ways, and immediately found <clears throat> turnoffs and fire pits. And I found the sweetest campsite in a meadow overlooking the valley with a fire pit already in place and some firewood already there waiting for me. And boy, now that's camping, because then you have the silence, you have the open space, and you have stars too. And of course, up in the Sierra Nevada, there are nice, nice stars, but uh, they're a little better out here. Not gonna lie, there's just less cities to compete with. Even just here outside of Jackson Hole, there's some nice stars. So I think um, the the key is to find the national forest and not the national park. And then the other key is to get yourself a Subaru Forester, you know what I mean, son? Get yourself a Subaru Forester with that all-wheel drive so you can take off on some of these dirt roads. I camped then um, 
so I camped the first night in Colorado, um, just about an hour and a half north of Grand Junction, having left Paonia and left my heart behind in Paonia with all those wonderful people. I tore myself away, um, camped in Colorado the first night. And then the next four nights, I camped in a t outside of Pinedale, Wyoming, um, a bit south of Grand Teton National Park, where I am now. Four nights, people! Four nights in one campsite. I found this campsite. I had to beast it across a little stream in Susie, which was awesome. It felt so badass to just bust through some water. She ate it up like butter, got me up the other uh, other side into this sweet little campsite, uh, nestled uh, against the stream with aspen trees all around it, um, plenty of open space, a beautiful fire pit already in place. Um, and I set up camp and I was like, I am not leaving this place in a hurry. Um, the next day I went into town and bought $70 worth of groceries because a boy's got to eat. Um, didn't really look at the, the clicker going too fast on the screen or I would have screamed when I saw a $7 bag of oranges. But I was feeling a little bit uh, frazzled from the final days in Paonia and it felt like I needed to be upping my citrus content intake and so I have I've been eating the oranges and they're good I had one this morning um, they're not seven dollar good but that I uh, so got groceries and ice and water and went back on up and um, have really enjoyed the experience of settling in and kind of and, and perfecting my, my camping system and this is something Oh my god, I can really, I can spend hours debating over the proper placement of this crate or that cutting board. And honestly, um, at first I would like get down on myself for taking so much time fussing. But now uh, I kind of just embrace it and get into it. And I really feel like I'm getting somewhere, like I'm really developing a system. And it's really satisfying to have everything in the right place. And I am getting down. I'm cooking with parsley, yo. I'm putting parsley on some... Well, last night, I cooked it all over the fire. Oh, my God. Cooking over the fire oh, is the way to go. I do have a sweet little stove that's finally working because I found the proper fuel for it. But... Cooking over fire is like slow, it's slow cooking, you're slow cooking everything. So I slow cooked bacon first, because of course I bought bacon, and I then slow cooked in the bacon fat, onion and potato and garlic and parsley. Uh, and then I slow cooked some egg, a couple of eggs scrambled up. <laughs> And then I slow warmed a couple of tortillas, cut up some cheese. Oh boy, you got yourself a taco. All that I was missing was hot sauce. But it was still delicious. So, camping has been great. Um, feel really good to be out on the road, uh, moving about. It was really hard to leave Paonia. Really, really hard. But I know that I made the right... I, the timing was right. Any longer, and I would have had to just get a place to live. I, I, I could only linger 
I was out of elsewhere last Tuesday and then had, or two Tuesdays ago, and then had a, a whole week of lingering in and around town, um, largely with no responsibilities. And that made leaving that much harder, but it was worth it because I got to really sink in and uh, absorb a huge amount of love and really make some strong connections with some dear people. So I'm grateful for every bit of it. I'm going to tell you about a couple of the things um, in today's podcast, which is a solo podcast. It's a solo hodgepodge mega post paonia update. I actually have a great three-way conversation with a couple of friends that I recorded um, last a couple weeks ago, but I'm saving that one for next week because I just feel like I want to get this update out to you guys first. Um, elsewhere, the residency wrapped up really well, so I had six weeks there, and the last week and a half or two, I hardly painted at all. Um, but I was quite busy, and a lot of my energy was going towards organizing the open mic event that I mentioned, and it was a smashing success. Uh, we had 50 people there. We had a lot of laughs. We had 15 performers. Um, we had some beer. It, it went better than I could have possibly imagined, and it was a, a complete validation of, of me and my energy and my effort and the whole event, I went back and forth about, like, oh, is this, am I doing this just for me? Is this, like, self-serving? And, um, you know, is this, like, the old way of going about things to promote an event? But then I was like, no, I'm doing this fucking open mic. And I did, and I made a cool flyer, and I put it all around town, and I emailed and submitted to the radio station, so they announced it on their arts calendar, and then I just told everybody about it. And we filled the place up, and I did some jokes in between uh, the sets. I was sort of the MC, so I got to introduce people and thank people and split the proceedings into two acts. Um, and we had some improv as well, some poetry, some readings, and just so many. Everyone took it 100% seriously. Everybody that got up there, um, there were tears. Uh, everybody was so into it and so dedicated to sharing something personal with this group of people. And everybody in the crowd felt that. And when you're any kind of art, that's all you want is, is to sense commitment and that the artist cares. And if the artist cares, then you care. And anyway, it was a wonderful event. Thank you to anybody that's listening that helped me with that. Thank you to Brody Kinder and Chris Gar for providing the audio equipment. I did get it all recorded, um, but it's going to take a little while to get that up. I plan to release it. The whole show was about almost three hours, two and a half hours. So I plan to release it in bits, in bits and bobs, if you like. A little bit here and a little bit there. Um, the other thing I was working on was this community, or... Uh, Colorado Gothic Carnival Cutout, a sign um, promoting protecting Colorado's farms, food, and a drink that is going to be taken around to farmers markets in Colorado this summer. And it's got a, a painting on the front um, with two holes cut out for people's heads to pose in for pictures. And it's a um, it's uh, based on the Colorado Gothic painting of the farmer and his wife standing in front of the house 
farmer holding a pitchfork, uh, except they're standing in front of a Colorado landscape and they're holding picket signs about um, food and water safety. So that was great, and I got paid. I even asked for more money than was offered originally, and I got it, and I did it, and I finished it. I got paid in cash, um, and that happened on my last day in town, which was just marvelous. So everything wrapped up perfectly, guys. It was um, an unforgettable summer experience and something I, I plan to build on. What I'm thinking about now is is working and particularly building things. I want to build shelters and gardens on land that is offered freely to people to live on. Basically, what do we need? All right? Well, what do we need here, guys? What do we need? We need food, right? You need food and you need shelter, right? And water and chocolate, and love, and flowers, but basically it's food and shelter and water, and there are so many people that have land, I mean, even people in suburban Sacramento have pretty significant chunks of land uh, with, outside of drought, pretty solid rainfall, um, plenty of sunshine, and maybe they have a vision for something that that land could become, something more than just a single-family house. Well, what I want to do is I want to help people make those visions a reality. I think in April I said I was going to go around and find all the great art galleries in the country and tell everyone about it. Well, I'm here today to say I don't give a fuck about art galleries. I don't give a fuck about the art world. They can take it and shove it up their asses as far as I'm concerned because that's really secondary and uh, I just don't care about it. I don't care about it anymore. I, don't, I still want to paint. I still want to make art. I would still love to sell my art, I guess, or trade it or something. But really what I want to do is I want to work and I want to build places for communities to develop. And once you have f f land that is owned by people... Right, not the bank. That's the first uh, requirement, and there's a lot of that. Even though the banks are busy snapping up all the land, there are still acres and acres and acres and plenty of room and land that is are owned by people. So you have land that is not owned by the bank; it's owned by people. And then what do you do? You build shelter on it so people can live there. And maybe at first you build the sort of shelters that only support people for the warmer months and they have to find somewhere else for the winter. Um, and then you develop an irrigation system and you develop permaculture, which is whatever particular thing grows best in that region, you work to develop. And you work to develop the trees and the bushes and the bugs and the birds and everything as much biodiversity as possible and gardens and you plant food and before you know it you have more food than those people can eat so what do you need you need people to come and eat the food and tend the garden and that can happen and that's going to happen and it's going to happen in all sorts of places and people are going to know about all sorts of places and they can go all around the world if they want and spend time at, at different places and it's so simple all you have to do is come 
not be a complete lazy asshole, like help out a little bit, and you get to eat as much as you want and live freely. And that's what I want for everybody, is to be able to live freely. And isn't that really what we want? So let's take care of some of those basics, folks. Let's find those people with those lands and that vision, um, and let's let's get to work. All right, on to the podcast. Thanks for listening to uh, my little intro rant. If you have any questions, you can email me at gaberobertsart at gmail.com, and the website for the podcast is gaberobertsart.com. Um, what do we have in, in today's podcast? Well, we have a number of different segments. Um, we have a long segment about mushrooms, uh, and then a long segment about partner dancing. Uh, in between, we have some comedic bits with different accents. Uh, we also have a couple of songs from Brody Kinder, who is a musician, um, a dear friend, and uh, he is on next week's podcast. So next week, there's a, a double interview and you can hear Brody, but I've got a couple of his songs on today's podcast. Let's get to it. Uh, first, we've got a quick update from Mel. Good day. Mel here, your expert camper from South Africa. Today's update is about pooping. When you're camping, pooping can be a bit of a stinky situation, if you know what I mean. So my recommendation is that as soon as you arrive at your campsite, Sit to and dig yourself two or three holes for pooping. And this way you'll avoid that terrible situation whereby you have to poop, but you don't have a hole at the ready. There's nothing worse than telling your body no when your body is saying poop and frantically digging a hole uh, only to miss that window of opportunity for pooping. It's also important to dig your holes at least six inches deep and to mark them carefully because the only thing worse than not having a hole at the ready when you need to poop is not being able to find the holes that you've previously dug because instead of setting to and digging new holes you frantically beat around the bushes in search of the holes that you've only just recently dug and you're very liable to once again miss that window of opportunity for pooping. Finally, I'd like to note that I've moved the toilet paper to the back of the car, and previously the toilet paper was stored in a green kitchen supply container. I decided I made an executive decision that it made more sense to put the toilet paper in the car, uh, save it from getting wet, in taking up space in the in the kitchen supply container. So, from now on, you'll find the toilet paper in the back of the car. Right, this has been a camping update from Mel, your expert camper.
Well, I did it, folks. I took mushrooms. I don't know how it took me 27 years to get around to it, but thank God I didn't wait any longer than I did. Um, it was, without a doubt, the best experience of my life. Um, I suppose a lot of it had to do with the people that I was with. And, of course, that goes for anything. The people you're with and the place that you're in, these are contributing factors. The mushrooms themselves um, had a wonderful effect on my person. I briefly felt a little bit of nausea, um, but we had some ginger chews with us, and we also had some tobacco, and both of these um, calmed the tummy significantly, and I also found that just by breathing, keeping my eyes open, um, and being still, that uh, I was able to sort of weather the little bit of a, a storm. I didn't take a large dose, and also, I didn't eat mushrooms, I drank mushroom tea, which my dear friends brewed with mushrooms, and tea, lemon ginger tea to be exact, and then honey was added, and oh boy was it good, nice and warm, totally tasty, um, and we sipped these jars of tea and drove up uh, to the, a mesa of overlooking the, the North Fork Valley here in Paonia. There in Paonia. I'm not in Paonia anymore as I speak. Um, and my intention was, was to not get totally blasted out of my mind, and the tea was perfect. I took a few sips, and uh, then we parked, and we began walking, um, and found a, a shady spot, and sort of just as we found this, this shady spot, our bodies began to feel the effects of the mushrooms a little bit, and um, and we all kind of wanted just to sit down in the shade. And then there ensued, as the mushrooms took effect, the first thing I noticed was that the bushes in front of me were were moving. And this is something that everybody describes with mushrooms. It's like everything is alive. And of course everything is alive and bushes are moving all the time, but uh, in a more dramatic and psychedelic fashion, the, the leaves and the branches were uh, swaying a little bit and sort of uh, slowly undulating. And then my favorite visual, if you will, of the experience was looking up at the clouds and seeing the way that they danced and spiraled and it was endlessly entertaining and I could look at one patch of clouds and where I directed my focus, it seemed that there was a more uh, a tighter um, pattern would develop. And then if I would sweep my gaze across to another portion of the clouds, uh, the section of clouds in between would do like a crazy warp spiral thing. Um, and it, it is, it's like, the, it's like they're breathing, it's like the clouds were breathing and dancing. And so I could look up at that and be totally mesmerized. And then around me, I had a dear group of friends that had sort of spontaneously formed for this excursion. And there were five of us, and there was a dog, a really, really great dog, who was not high on mushrooms, but could have fooled me. 
and we all sort of found our, our, our spots. I had a blanket that I sat on and, um, some people sat a little further down the hill. Um, one friend sat under a tree pretty much the whole time. And we were all like within earshot and eye contact and we all felt effing amazing. I felt so good. The ground was so comfortable. I, I, I just lay down on the ground. I didn't even need my blanket. There were cacti around. <laughs> I'm pretty sure almost all of us at one point sat or stepped in the cactus. Um, but even that didn't phase us. It was like fascinating to, to look at the spines and then pull them out. Um, one of my friends just began bathing themselves in dirt um, because the dirt was so soft and lovely and it looked so cool on their skin. Um, I put some on mine and it was like these amazing spiral patterns that would that would crawl and move. Um, and so there was this incredible uh, comfort of feeling... Uh, totally cradled by by mother earth in the shade and being able to look out at the spectacular view and having all around me friends that i that i cared for and um and pretty soon then the a period of of hilarity ensued and one of my friends in particular was using accents and was telling the <laughs> bushes to get out of his pants and to get out of his body and um, was sitting down and kept feeling like the bushes were encroaching upon him. And this shit was so funny, and it reminded me of the very early days of smoking marijuana, when things were so funny, everything was so funny, and it's that feeling of this general joke um, that that nobody can quite explain what it is, and it's sort of hovering just beneath the surface, and... Um, <laughs> it's just waiting to be touched off by anything in particular. And I was laughing so hard. I was doubled <laughs> over. And we pretty much all were. Um, and that was like a solid 20 or 30 minutes of just pure hilarity. And then I could, I would stop and I would breathe and I would look up at the clouds again. Um, or rolled a cigarette and that tasted so good. And, um... And then pretty soon, I mean, the whole thing was like two and a half hours. So after the first hour, um, I could still, and I was satisfied and, and delighted every time I would look up at the clouds and find that I could, they were still dancing and breathing. But I began to return to clarity, and we all did, sort of together. Um, be able, we became just uh, f feeling stronger and more stable and alert and clear. And, um, and we moved around a little bit and people took little walks and of course then just spent a long time lying. We had like this big cuddle pile going where I was lying. I had a friend lying on one arm and the dog was lying on their stomach and, um, and there was someone, the, somebody sitting right next to me and I put my hand on their back and it was like we were all connected and I could look over and see the other friends and look out and see the mountains far away. And we were all together and we were all basically falling in love with each other. I, I, there's no other way to describe it. We felt such pure love between all of us and it felt so good. It felt so good. 
Um, and then we got to eat things. We had trail mix. I had a jar full of melted chocolate chips and walnuts and raisins that I was shaking into my mouth, shaking in other people's mouths. We had water to drink. And we had this delicious Cajun spice trail mix. Holy shit, with M&Ms in it. Oh my god, that shit was so good. And at this point, it was comfortable to stand, too. And so uh, we were standing and just like pouring stromix into our mouths, laughing. Someone had brought uh, peaches and apricots. And so we were tearing apart these fruits and setting them on each other's knees and drooping them into our mouths. And god damn, it was, it was good. It was good. And then we could, we could talk more, you know, as we became more clear, and, um, but there really wasn't anything to, to say, it was, it was just a general feeling of bliss, and, uh, and then my friend put on some music, this beautiful Andrew Bird song called Pulaski at Night, and that was so good to listen to, um, and there was a moment, <clears throat> It was my last day. It was my last day in town. I was, um, it was Tuesday and I was leaving the very next day. And there was a moment where uh, my friend initiated, um, an acknowledgement of, of me. And this is really, uh, sappy and, and wonderful. Everybody went around and said what they loved about me. And I just sat there and listened to these beautiful people tell me, um, why they, why they loved me, and what they, what they liked best about me, and some people had more than one thing to say, and, um, gosh, it didn't feel awkward at all, I feel awkward talking about it, um, it felt just right, and I was so grateful, and I felt so appreciated, and, um, content, and at peace, <sighs> And mushrooms are partially to thank. Mushrooms are partially to thank. Uh, we finally packed up and shipped out, and it was only it was only you know two and a half hours. But when was the last time you, dear friend, sat with four other friends um, for two and a half hours in one place outdoors on the ground and just looked at things? I don't know if I've ever done it before. And I think it would have been wonderful even without the mushrooms. Um, but I think what the mushrooms did is is it it added to this uh, common experience and, and created something that we all shared together that was a little bit bigger than ourselves. So it was really just a tool to access then this portal of love that opened up between all of us and f carried us floating on back up the hill, um, back to the car, um, we listened to more music and slowly made our way down the mountain at one point stopped at this overlook and, uh, turned up the music in the car, opened the doors. This was Susie Subaru that was doing the toting and blasted this awesome mix that I had made for a friend and rocked out to these tunes and looked out at the views and danced and took pictures of each other with the sun going down. I promise the gushing is about to stop. It's about to stop, but I, I'm still floating on that experience, and it, um, it was singular and um, 
I know that you can't... I don't know, but I don't think that life can always be like that. It would be... Um, it would almost be too much. I think part of our experience is to experience, you know, both ends of the spectrum. And so you have that and then also to experience like loneliness and despair, but fucking A, it felt good. And, um, uh, so I highly recommend mushrooms. Basically, bottom line is <laughs> get yourself some mushrooms, get yourself some good friends, find a day with good weather, go outdoors somewhere that you can feel totally comfortable and safe, um, and bring plenty of snacks and water and, uh, and no like schedule, nothing you have to get to at the end of the day and try some psilocybin mushrooms and they'll take you, take a, take a little dose, make some tea, make some tea. I don't remember what the, uh, I don't remember what the dosage was, but for there were five of us and I think there was an eighth of mushrooms perhaps, maybe two eighths. Which is a quarter. I don't know. Look it up. Make some mushroom tea and have yourself a good time. Um, okay, bye. I guess you don't need it. Yes, you don't me to repeat it, but everything I have to give, I gave to you. And it's not like we planned it. You tried to stay, but you could not stand it. To see you shut down so slow, so it was an easy thing to do. Listen when. Tell you what we're gonna do yeah. You will shelter me My love And I will shelter you I will shelter you
That's a good song. That's a mighty good song. It's one of the best songs that I've ever heard. That song is called Shelter. It's written by Ray LaMontagne and sung by Brody Kinder. And you're hearing it here on 1718 FM Community Inspired Water Bottle Radio. I'm your host, Bootstrap Bill, and we've got a number of other wonderful audio oral treats for your listening pleasure this evening. I'm eating a banana, and I'm looking out at the Grand Teton Mountains. I'm coming to you from the remote, remote radio station, Bootstrap Bill HQ, located on Forest Road 30445. It's a marvelous little studio, it's actually my automobile. I've got everything I need here, including a ripe banana that I'm very glad I'm eating now because when I peeled back its little peels, I found some bruises. Now, a bruised banana is not nearly as delicious as a non-bruised banana, unless, like in this case, the banana is not severely bruised. Okay. It has maybe four or five slight bruises, but the bruises are recent. Now, this is the important part about a bruised banana. If the bruises are relatively recent, then they do not give a, a revolting taste in your mouth. They, um, they just taste like the rest of the banana, really which is at a good ripeness, and so I would, I would take a slightly bruised, nicely ripened and yellow banana over one of those green, stiff bananas that are not very ripe at all. Those, and that t texture in particular, where it's a bit firmer and slimier, those bananas I don't care for at all. I apologize about the noise of my eating. But when you're going to eat a banana, you have to eat the whole thing, don't you? 
I have to eat the whole thing because once it's opened, it begins to rot. <laughs> and before you know it, you have a rotten banana on your hands. We're going to get back to the music shortly. Um, first, I'm just going to have a small fingerful. It's not a handful. It's a fingerful of peanuts. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. I've got about a dozen peanuts balanced in between my five fingers, and I can feel them slowly slipping, as if I might lose my grip were I not to focus on the cluster of peanuts and carefully apply all five of my fingers in a delicate fashion to balance and control the peanuts so that I may now uh, drop them into my mouth from above, slight, slightly above. Mm. Well, that's delicious. That's quite good. Well, friends, I think it's time we got back to the music, don't you? I'll be here eating my banana and peanuts and listening right along with you on Radio 1718, community-inspired water bottle radio. I'm your host, Bootstrap Bill, coming from you, coming to you from the remote radio station on Forest Road. Three zero four four five, overlooking the Grand Teton Mountains, which are mighty fine indeed. Hello, darling, and welcome to my stream. Isn't it lovely? Can you hear it trickling? Oh, there's nothing quite like a good stream, is there? The way it flows and trickles along. And Look, there are wildflowers all around it. There are these beautiful yellow wildflowers. And Do you see over there a butterfly? Yeah, or is it a moth? Well, one never knows, does one? No. There's a bit of paper in the, in the bottom of the stream, and... Well, we just hope it isn't toilet paper, because, you know, that might suggest something that we don't, we don't really want to think about, do we? No. No, well, in any case, I, I thought what I'd do is just give you a bit of a mani-pedi, if you know what I mean. So, why don't you come on down to the side of the stream, love? Have a seat right there. Yes, yes, right there, and, and go ahead and put your feet in. Mmm. Mmm, doesn't that feel nice? It's, it is a bit cold, I know. It's a bit cold in the morning, but I tell you, it's, it does marvelous things for one's constitution. A bit of cold water on the feet. Yes. Mm. Right, then t um, take your feet out, and we'll just dry them off a bit, and I'll um, go ahead and clip your, clip your toenails first. That's, that's how we'll start, is a bit of toenail clipping. So, um, 
You've been outdoors, have you? You've got a bit of dirt under your toenails. It's quite all right. I don't mind at all, darling. It's perfectly all right. What I have here is a, a pair of um, a pair of toenail clippers, and I'm just going to go ahead and um, set to it and snip away. Hmm. How does that feel? Doesn't hurt, does it? No, it doesn't hurt a bit, does it, darling? No, because you haven't gotten any nerve endings in your toenails, do you? No, you haven't. Nor I. Nor I. No. No. There's two. Just three more little piggies to go. You're doing marvelously, darling. Just hold still. And we'll have these toenails all clipped up in no time. Right, now what I'm going to do is just... I'm going to take the bit of a... Um, bit of a blade from the inside of the toenail clippers and I'm just going to try and, if I can and, and scrape out a bit of this dirt that you've got under your toenails because it, well it, it's got to go darling it really does we're not in Kansas anymore it's time that you get cleaned up a bit I'm also going to rub at the edges of your toenails a little bit and just get some crap out of your nails. There, that's much better now. Let's move on to the next one. Oh, yes, now that one went much easier. Just a nice clean scrape. Look how much better that looks. It's like you've got a new toenail, darling. A brand new toenail. Now we're just going to scrape on this one as well. And my goodness, this one's doing quite well as well. And what, we're, what we're doing here is we're pushing back the cuticle. It's called. Yes, each each of your toenails has a cuticle on it. In fact, your fingernails do too. And when you're outdoors, snuffing around, like I suppose you've been, these cuticles can tend to get a bit overgrown and yellowed and blackened and, well, just downright dirty. <laughs> and so, so what I'm doing is I'm just going to just going to push them back a little bit. I'm just going to say cuticles. Step back now, darling. You've had your fun. You've 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 done your job to protect the toenail, and we appreciate that because we do, we do, we appreciate our cuticles so much, so very much. But now it's time to um, just clean things up a bit, you know. So cuticles will you can come back later when you're needed. But for now, it's time for the toenail to show off a bit and say, so here I am. Yes, here I am. I'm a toenail, and uh, I'm not yellow at all. In fact, I'm rather pinkish, and um, and I look just fine. And and this way, you can go ahead and wear those open-toed sandals that I know you've been dying to get on. You've been sloughing around in nothing but socks and shoes, which is a rotten way to go through life, if you ask me. Every now and then, a girl's got to show off her toenails. Right now, that's much better. That's much better. Now, darling, if you would, let's put this foot back in the stream, shall we? And we'll get it all, all washed off. Okay, down to the stream we go. Yes, and just dangle your little beautiful clean toes in there. Doesn't that feel lovely? Doesn't that feel lovely, darling? Oh, my goodness, and it's like a new foot. It's like a new foot. Right, now... Let's see here. You do. You have lovely arches on your feet. If I haven't told you already, you must have excelled in athletics as a youth. Surely, surely you were captain of the cricket team, were you not? Tell me that you were not. Oh, that wasn't you. No, it wasn't you. Well, well, perhaps it was football then. 
I surely you must have been an excellent football player. You played center half, I imagine, and directed the whole show from back there, didn't you? I know that wasn't you at all, was it? I've got it all wrong, do I? Oh goodness, I'm sorry. Well, in that case, and surely you must have excelled at um, with the academic realms. And surely you were the one that always had their hand raised first when the teacher asked a question, wasn't that you, darling? Always had the answers to all the questions. Always getting. Perfectly high marks on all of your tests. Oh no, that wasn't you at all, was it? Oh goodness, I'm dreadfully sorry. You see, I, I just assumed. Well, don't worry about it, darling. You know, there's nothing to be done about it now. And what does it matter anyway? Here we are by this lovely stream. You can hear it trickling away. We've got wildflowers to look at and the occasional butterfly. And what does it matter that you were a complete sod in school? And did nothing on the athletic or academic realms. It doesn't matter a bit, does it, darling? No, not any more. Hmm. Well, shall we go on with the foot bath? Let's see. That was your left foot. Now, if you would, just drop your right foot down here, and I'll give it a bit of a bath. Oh, you haven't got a right foot. Oh goodness! Oh goodness, darling. I'm dreadfully sorry. You see, I, I can't see you. No, I can't see you at all because we're we're in a radio program. Yes, yes, we're in a radio program, and I can't see you at all. I haven't the faintest idea what you look like. My goodness, you haven't got a right foot. Oh, I'm terribly sorry, darling. Well, don't worry about it. I mean, nowadays with the technology they have, um, they'll fix you right up. You'll be back on your feet in no time at all. Well, back on your feet. <clears throat> In a manner of speaking, darling, of course. In a manner of speaking, yes. Well, in that case, I suppose a, a foot bath is um, is done, isn't it? I, um, perhaps would you like? Do you have a, like a fin or something? You'd like me to give a bit of a scrub, or a stump? Have you got a stump that you'd like me to rub for you? I I'm perfectly okay with rubbing your stump. It doesn't bother me a bit. No, we leave. I'll leave that to you, shall I? Well, in any case, you've got a very clean left foot, darling, and it's been an absolute pleasure to share this bit of stream with you. And I hope you have a lovely day. Part of the fun that descended upon Paonia and myself in the last few days I was there was a event called the Aspen Blues Recess, and it's a bus tour of dedicated blues dancers that cruises around the country. I believe now they are on their way to California. And they do blues dancing, which I'd never heard of before. But basically, it's um, it's similar to swing, um, except I'd say it's a little more sensual. And someone described it very well as sensual but not sexual. And it is. It's uh, couples dancing, and it's done to a variety of music, blues music, of course, but they do it to 
like trance music even. And it's all about um, moving with your partner and feeling your way through the music and um, moving sideways and back and forth. And it's really fun and it's really cool to watch these people that are really good at it. And I'm not very good at it at all, um, but I can hack it, you know. And it's so fun to dance this way. This is the best way to dance. Every once in a while, sure, you need to get down to some DJ hip-hop, uh, you know, bump and grind sort of music. And that's really fun. But in terms of developing a connection with another person um, or exploring a connection with another person, this this is completely unmatched because the whole time you are um, you're present with each other and you're forced to be face to face and close and um, and aware of the other person and there's none of that sort of unconscious like well we're just in this crazy flow of dancing so I don't really have to be fully conscious or present with you um, you know we can just sort of go through these these moves, these predetermined moves that everyone else is doing. The blues dancing um, forces you to, to really like be in the moment and connect with the person that you're dancing with. And I had a lot of fun being led. Um, since I don't really know many moves and kind of suck at blues dancing, I allowed myself to be led by girls and guys. And I danced with guys. And... Uh, Gosh, it was fun. All right, it was, it was really fun, and just as interesting as dancing with a girl. Um, you're just as much connecting with another person, and in a through a medium that that feels, um, it feels good. It feels, it feels deep, um, and yet it doesn't feel sexual, really. Um, and so you see people dancing with, uh, you know, you see couples split up and dancing with other people, and um, you see people doing these moves together and dancing and, and, and getting really close and doing these awesome moves together, and, and yet they're not, um, they're not going outside of their comfort zone. It's like it's a safe, it's a safe way to do it. I, I don't know how well I'm describing this, but... Um, I really don't don't want to do any other kind of dancing. This is the kind of dancing that I that I want to do. Henceforth, I wish to become a blues dancer. Not really. I I um, you know, like all things, if I if I if a salsa dancing bus had descended upon Paonia, I would be raving about salsa dancing, or whatever. Any kind of dance really, when you see it done well, is really exciting. But it's fun. Um, it's fun to think that you can dance like this with another person to any sort of music, and um, and hey, look out for that blues bus. It's coming to California. Um, they just cruised around. They came into Paonia. They set up at a uh, a place up on a mesa that had built a dance hall for them, um, and then they took day trips like up mountain passes to have a picnic and then dance the night away under the stars and then drive back down. Pretty wild. Um, and I don't know how these people 
are free, but they're free to just take a couple months and cruise in a bus and dance like 12 hours a day. Like, and these, they get in a fucking zone. They get in a zone where they're not thinking about anything else. Um, they're just moving from, from partner to partner and discovering what's there with each new partner. Um, so, blues dancing. <laughs> you got it. Enjoy it. Uh, one more thing, I guess, about about dancing with guys is that's a new thing for me. And I guess I've danced, like, ironically with guys in the past. But to actually dance uh, with a man um, was was really, was really a neat and new, um, and fun experience for me. And then also to dance with a girl and have her lead me and be spun about, (laughs) uh, it's a little bit of a thrill to get spun. I didn't, I don't think I got dipped. I don't think I got dipped, but, um, I did a couple of dips of my own. Um, anyway, you know, I think it's a really good way, I think it's a really healthy thing, I think, if you care about somebody, um, it's nice to dance with them, I don't know, it can be fun, it can add to, it can add to, it's a, it's a new thing, like you're standing right next to this other person, they're right there, and you, you're touching them and holding them, and, uh, and you're doing something together and you're you're listening to each other's bodies that's what it is it's like your your bodies are doing the talking and um and you're sort of trying to to get your head out of the way and and tune in to to what is happening between between your two bodies and it's really fun so i highly recommend it i, I think i think it also it makes it's it's fun uh when you dance with a guy it takes away, I mean, maybe it doesn't, but at least in this situation for me, there's no question of like, are we going to hook up later? Um, so it takes away that element and it's like, oh, we're just, you're just dancing and you're having fun and, um, you're dancing for the sake of, of the dance. And this is everything that there is where I think, I think a lot of, uh, dancing for me in the past has been, I think about, like, the girl that I'm dancing with and, like, what she thinks about me and what I think about her and am I going to hook up with her later? And that's a huge distraction. And it's like you're trying to get somewhere else through the dancing. Whereas if you're really just present, and in this case when I was dancing with my friend who's a guy, I was, um, it was so fun and I wasn't thinking about anything else. Um, and we had we had a good time. So... That's now really the end of the blues dancing segment. Another note on couples dancing in general is that it goes on a song-by-song basis. You hear a song, and if you want to dance, you find a partner, and you ask if they would like to dance. And, of course, they'll say yes. And you go out to the dance floor, and you dance. And at the end of the dance... You can bow to your partner, and you can curtsy to your partner. Um, you can give them a hug, and you can say thank you. And you can reflect on that dance that you had together. And then 
The next song starts, and you can determine if you want to go back in and dance again, and you'll be able to tell if you're at all perceptive to other human beings, whether or not this other human being is interested, and you'll know if you want to do another dance, or maybe you don't, and maybe you go back to your seat, maybe you go and you ask somebody else to dance. But there's such a nice rhythm there that allows for um, people to stay in their comfort zone and to stay in control of their own night and for it to develop in an interesting way with some conversation and some eye contact. Fucking A, some eye contact. Can you believe that uh, dancing in a club, you just go <laughs> up behind a girl and, and, and just place your crotch against her butt? Can you believe that happens, people? Can you believe that is what happens? Well, not a big fan of that, honestly. Um, so, find yourself a partner and do the do-si-do. Um, if you're a guy, find yourself another guy to dance with. Should give that a try. And if you're a girl, dance with another girl. I saw lots of that over the past few weeks. Uh, nothing, nothing wrong with that. <laughs> nothing at all. Um, and learn a couple moves. And, um, you know, ask somebody to dance with you. I think that that's really a, a wonderful practice for us to return to. Is the asking somebody to dance and then the thanking of that person for the dance okay i think that's all i have to say about a dancing for now darling <laughs> ta-ta That bit you did was alright, you know, it wasn't too bad. I've seen better in my days, and I'll say that I have. Hey, what am I eating? Well, I'll tell you what I'm eating. I'm eating a delicious burrito taco sort of a thing. It's, it's fucking brilliant, man. It's made out of rice and beans and kale and cheese. And... Yeah, that last bit you did wasn't bad, you know? Um, like I said, I've seen better. Don't think for one moment that oh, I haven't seen better. I'm just gonna have another bite of this, uh, this here burrito. Hmm. That's quite good. That is fucking brilliant, is what it is. It's, it's in to totally delicious. Hmm. And I have to eat it because, um,. You know, I haven't got a refrigerator out here, have I? Do you see a refrigerator out here? No. Mind your own damn business then, why don't you? I'm trying to eat my burrito and you're talking about refrigerators. I haven't got a refrigerator. That's why I have to eat this burrito today. Not tomorrow. Tomorrow might not be good. Will it? Will it be good tomorrow? You don't know, do you? You can't say. You can't say. You think that it might be, but you're not quite sure, are you? 
We're also very concerned that it might be completely moldy and sotten and rotten and disgusting to eat. Well, I'm not going to take that chance now, am I? Hmm. That was the second to last bite there. I left myself with one more. That was a good distribution. I've got a little bit of beans, some rice, some kale, including the onion. Nice chunk of cheese. Thank you very much. And also the delicious um, rolled part of the tortilla that's been um, rolled up and mashed together a bit. It's a bit moist. If you've eaten a good burrito, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Well, you ain't going to get this one, are you? <laughs> no, you're not. This last bite's for Papa, isn't it? Yes, it is. This last bite's for Papa. That's me. I'm Papa. <laughs> last bite's for me. <laughs> okay? So, um... You know, go and make yourself a burrito if you like. Be my guest. Step right up and make your own burrito. Because I've got mine. I've only got one more bite and it's mine. It's not yours. While you're at it, why don't you make me a burrito too? <laughs> what do you say, Ginger? Mmm. 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 Every bit as good as I thought it might be. Go for it. <laughs> Go for it, I don't choke. <laughs> no one out here to give me the arm work now, is there? No, there isn't, darling. Mm -mm. Just me and myself and a couple of trees. I reckon I'd have to hurl myself upon this log with all force and attempt to dislodge the... Alright folks, thanks for listening. That was our podcast. I uh, hope you enjoyed it. If you have any questions, you can email me at gaberobertsart at gmail.com. Uh, now, I'm going to play another Brody Kinder song for you. This is an original song. It's called Walking Dead. Thanks so much for listening. Namaste. Get up, get up, come on, make a sound now.
feelings like you're down Get up to get down Are you down with the sound? Pursuit of happiness Renting freedom Life sentence Who needs healthcare? We got Netflix Silently pacified For the reasons that we occupied Distractions bayonets Piercing everyone Inception But we're biters The Walking Dead We're living in a zombie apocalypse Get up, get up, come on, make a sound now Rise up, rise up, when they strike you down Get up to get down Are you down with the sound? Get up, get up, come on, make a sound now Rise up, rise up, when they strike you down Get up to get down Are you down with the sound? Stock up on luck, fill up your shelves Lock up your dreams, we'll get through hell If the media knocks, tell them I'm gone Watch out for the hands with that chloroform That's held over our mouth when we're trying to be ourselves It's so hard to be just that you can't buy it off the shelf There's no jobs in this economy for my friends with the college degree Numb to hypocrisy, corporations own the land of the free Where are you now? Start an evolution Get up, get up, come on, make a sound now Rise up, rise up, when they strike you down Get up to get down Are you down with the sound? Get up, get up, come on, make a sound now Rise up, rise up, when they strike you down Get up to get down Are you down with the sound? For which of my name Compassion is a cure For which of my name Compassion is a cure For which of my name Compassion is a cure For which of my name Inside an evolution Get up, get up, come on, make a sound now Rise up, rise up, when they strike you down Get up to get down Are you down with the sound? Get up, get up, come on, make a sound now Rise up, rise up, when they strike you down Yeah.